Well, praise the Lord and good morning, Dr. Hanson. How are y'all doing? Good. How are you, Shannon? Hey, doing pretty good. Everybody, welcome. We made it another week. Today is Friday, June 23rd, 2023. It's an honor to be here in simulcast with Dr. Jonathan Hanson and the crew at World Ministries International. Go to their website during this program, worldministries.org. Dr. Hanson, you want to open us in prayer and kick off the show. Father God, we thank you, dear God, for this wonderful day. We thank you for what's been accomplished during the week. We look forward to the future with great expectation that we can continue to sound the alarm. Omega Man Radio, warning. We pray, dear God, that again people would tune in right now because what we're going to discuss is important. Understanding what people can accomplish for you as well as understanding the seriousness of how evil spirits are influencing us and want to live within us. So help us now. Give us favor again. Wake people up wherever they're at. Let them tune in. If they're listening or watching something, direct them this way. So again, we can help as many people as possible today. In Jesus' name, amen. Shannon, I know you're going to love both of these programs I did this week. The last one is titled, Can Christians Have Demons? Now, Shannon, you are a deliverance minister. You love it. Not that you love demons, but you love setting people free. I'm doing a series on this subject. My first one was demons. My second one, demons are organized. And last week, I discussed, can Christians have demons? Now, that's what you're going to hear today. Prior, you're going to hear an interview with Pastor Joe Kirkwood. He's a good friend of mine. We're going to be discussing miracles, including creative miracles. What I'm going to be discussing tomorrow when I share, I'm going to do two messages. I'm going to do one titled The Etiology of Demons in People and Mediums, Charms, Fortune Telling, etc. And then we're going to get into, again, movies that ignorant Christians watch and think they're so wonderful when they don't recognize the demonic influence that originated and caused them to be produced. We are living in a situation today that most of the church doesn't have a clue of demonic activity. They don't recognize a a movie that's inspired by evil spirits glorifying the demonic world and making them into something they're really not. They are very evil. They come to steal, kill, and destroy. And again, it shows a lack of discernment in the church today. It shows a lack of discernment with senior pastors today. And I'm not sure what they're doing behind the pulpit, but they're not training their people properly protecting them. I believe that goes right back to a not a serious relationship with Jesus Christ. We are in an era where the church has failed America. They failed around the world. We're in an era where the church is dysfunctional. It's a business-oriented church, a little social club, but uh, we need to be raising warriors. We need to be training, disciplining, correcting, challenging, not just letting people come and listen to our little message or have a nice little discussion with nobody really knowing what they're talking about. So uh, we are in serious trouble today. The church is in trouble today. They don't realize it. I hope it doesn't come too late when millions of people die before they wake up, like in Germany, and realize, hey, we've been under attack for a long time, and the church is asleep. So let's start right now with this interview with Pastor Joe Kirkwood. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome all of you to the Warning Program. I have my good friend, Pastor Joe Kirkwood, with me again today. Pastor, welcome back to the Warning Program. Thank you very much for having me back on. 
Well, you're always a delight to have on. I've enjoyed every time we've done an interview, although I've been at your church several times and uh, we've been together like in Oklahoma City at the Independent Assembly. So it's always fun being with you, Joe. Enjoyable to be with you too. God is doing amazing things all over the country. We continue to see amazing manifestations of God's glory. We just, I guess it was last Friday, I had another blind guy healed here in Amarillo, Texas. Oh, my. During our food outreach, people don't know, but we give away food to needy families every Friday. Many get saved during that time. It's also an incredible time to demonstrate God's power to heal, to deliver, to set free. We just see a lot of people get healed. And, you know, it's the easiest way to lead people to Christ because when they see miracles happen, they're like, God is real. That's for sure. And that's what the Bible tells us that, you know, these signs shall follow those that believe. And when they see the reality of God, and that's one reason, again, for miracles is to show the reality of God. And that's really what my book is kind of about. It was taken from a precept that God showed me about the last day's revival. For lack of a better term, I labeled it the believer's revival. Okay. And it's where every believer sitting in the church pews starts to rise up and do what the apostles did, the miracle signs and wonders, not necessarily planting churches. And the reason for that is I had an encounter with an angel that I call a healing angel because the angel really taught me about healing. All that is in my new book called Miracles Are Easy. It's on Amazon. You can type in the title, Miracles Are Easy. And it's about angel encounters. The angel basically told me that you don't have to have a gift of healing, even though the Bible expressly says there are gifts of healing, miracles, signs, and wonders. This is what the angel told me. Any believer practicing the principles of the Word of God can have signs and wonders following them and should have signs and wonders following them. I'll go that far because that's what I see in the Bible. These signs follow them that believe. Well, Uh, It doesn't say it follows healing evangelists or people with healing specialties. It says believers. My goal in these last days is trying to get believers to recognize the power that is on the inside of them and to begin to operate in what the Bible says we should be operating. That's very good. I want to get into some of these things in your book. All of us, you know, I've been involved with several mega churches and understanding these principles, you turn the whole church on and then you have a dynamic church that they understand. They're not all called to the fivefold gifts of ministry, but they can all lay hands on the sick and expect signs to follow, expect healings to follow. This is what Jesus said. Absolutely. Because we tend to think, well, that's for pastors. You know, this person has special gifting. In fact, the first chapter of the book was actually written by my wife. The title of the chapter is called Why Not Me? Wow. It was her response was like, you know, she kept telling me for years, like, well, you just have a gift. You're just different. And I kept telling her, well, that's not what the angel said to me. And so I can't really come in agreement with that. The Bible says something different. After some years of watching and being around me, she's like, one day she's like, why not me, Lord? Why not me? So she began to step out in faith, and the first miracle she had was in a supermarket. A lady walked by and had a child that was deaf and mute, and she could tell that the lady was doing sign language for this little child that was actually sitting in the grocery cart. She was like, um, oh, I don't, I don't want to do this, and she went around on the next aisle and just tried to ignore, and the Holy Spirit just dealing with her, and so she went back. And she asked the lady if she could pray. And the lady was hesitant at first. And then 
She said, okay. And my wife just said, well, you know, the worst thing can happen is nothing. And your child stays the same. But what if your child gets healed? Wouldn't that be something? And she said, yeah. So she allowed my wife, Jackie, to pray right there in the supermarket. The child's ears opened and was healed. Wow. And so she writes the chapter from her perspective to say, this stuff is real. And I was a skeptic. I just thought only people with special gifts could do these things. But she had to say, look, the word of God's pretty clear. Believers lay hands on the sick and they shall recover is what the scripture says. Amen. Now, Joe, before we go any further, I want you to name your church. Cornerstone Worship Center is the church. Cornerstone Outreach Center is our outreach extension where we feed people food each week. And then Cornerstone International, and that's where we do all the uh, international crusade. Right now we're building an orphanage in Uganda. That's where we do all kinds of things internationally, feeding people, medical missions, that kind of stuff. Now, this is in Amarillo, Texas. Yes, Cornerstone Ministries in Amarillo, Texas. Okay, you know, Joe, I just had a friend of yours on, a lady that I've known for at least 15 years, maybe 20, on my program. Guess who? Who? Joan Hunter. (laughs) <laughs> Joan Hunter, yeah. Joan was with me on my radio and television program, <laughs> ate at my house. We had her pray for my son and daughter and had a great time with Joan. We had great oh. testimonies on radio and television, exciting programs. <laughs> Wonderful. I was just with Joan last week for her 70th birthday party. I know. I saw the pictures. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Joan writes the foreword to my book. Wow. I have to really give kudos and credit because she really, without her help and assistance, I probably wouldn't have gotten the book written because I didn't claim to be a writer. But she was the inspiration to say, no, God's called you to, you have to put these stories in a book of these miracles that have happened. And she really encouraged me. And that's how it came about. Well, anyway, I send greetings from Joan. Uh, You and I both know where she is right now, enjoying an Alaska cruise. Yes. (laughs) Everyone deserves a break. I mean, she she runs hard, you run hard, I run hard. She works 60, 70-hour weeks. That's what I'm saying. I texted her. I said, Joan, I even encourage you to turn your cell phone off, Joan. You need a break from the world. You've worked, worked, and worked, and worked. That's right. She will be with me in a couple of weeks in Ghana, West Africa. She told me all about it already. Okay. Because I'm going, taking off, I'm going to be gone the month of July, although I'm going to be speaking within the United States, different states. And, you know, I'm going to miss seeing you in Oklahoma City this year with the Independent Assemblies. Yes. It's sad that I'm I'm going to be uh, missing that. I leave July 3rd. Don't come back till the 20th, 21st. I I know, because I always enjoy seeing you. I'm bringing my wife there. Oh, I really wanted to meet your wife, too. She'll be with me at the Independent Assemblies. In fact... You know, I'm speaking in different places, including Oklahoma City and Kansas and things like that. That's awesome. Looking forward to the next time we can get together. Yeah. Okay. I want you to continue now. You left off that Mm -hmm. these signs shall follow them that believe. Yeah. The book is filled with just lots and lots of miracles, including just one of the greatest miracles I ever witnessed was a man that did not have an eyeball. Wow. In the Philippines. And uh, God created an actual eyeball. He just had a hole in his head and was missing the eyeball. He had one good eye and was missing the eyeball. And it was a night, the anointing was so strong. uh, We were in a barangay, which is their word for village. And the TV cameras were there and filming. And 
I had preached a salvation message and then called for the sick to come. And they lined up down in front of the platform, but all the way across. And there, I, I'm going to say, conservatively, 100 people was in the healing line. And so I began, uh, you know, working to pray for them. And I started on one end and, you know, I prayed for several. And it was just a different night. Sure. Because after about the first 20 people, I realized Every single person has been instantly healed. Wow. You know, usually you'll have two or three that won't get healed or something, but they were all getting healed. And, and I thought to myself, I thought, this is amazing. They're all being healed tonight. Wow. And so I just kept going. Well, I got about halfway down to 50 people when I came to this guy. And so they had a lady interpreter and she asked him what wanted God to do. And so Anyway, he just said to the interpreter that he wanted to see. Okay. Well, it was kind of dark down there. So I said, is he blind? You know, I couldn't really see. It was dark in front. The lights were on the platform, but not down in front. So I pulled my flashlight out of my pocket, and shined it in his face. And sure enough, I was shocked. There was just a hole. There was a, there was a eyeball there. Oh, my. So, and I have to admit, I admit this in the book, that my next thought was, wow, it's been a good run up to this point. that was what went through my mind i thought oh you know gonna mess up a perfect record here you know because i had never seen that kind of thing or had the faith to believe for such a thing wow and so i remembered the story of the man that night remembered the story when jesus asked the man do you believe and he said yea lord i believe and then he said but help my unbelief yes (laughs) And that's where I was. I said, Lord, I believe, but I need you to help my unbelief. And and I just prayed that little prayer to the Lord, help my unbelief. And then I just put my hand over that eye where the socket was. And I just said, Lord, I just ask you to give him an eyeball and help him to see. It was a very simple prayer. And then I quickly moved to the next person, I have to admit. I didn't even wait to see. I just moved on. We moved to the next person, which was 10 or 12 feet away. And I was listening to the interpreter, what this person was saying. And and the interpreter seemed to be distracted all of a sudden. And I was trying to get her to hurry along. We have a lot of people to pray for. And I said, what's wrong? She said, well, that man you just prayed for. I said, well, what's wrong? She said, well, he's saying something to me. I said, well, what's he saying? She said, well, he's saying he can see. Oh, my. (laughs) So I immediately went back over there, pulled my flashlight out into my shock and amazement. There was an eyeball in that man's head that matched his other eye perfectly. That is and tremendous. He could see out of that eyeball. That's <laughs> and uh, I was just shook up. I mean, honestly, I was undone. I was shook up. I cried. I, that night, I called my wife, who was back in the U.S., and I told her what had happened, and I was crying on the phone because it was one of the greatest miracles I had seen. And so that story is in the book. The book is about the journey that God has taken me through, that step by step, that my faith go higher. The Bible says that to everyone is a measure of faith been given. But to increase that measure, you have to exercise what the faith you have. Amen. If you let it lie dormant, it won't grow. It won't expand. It's kind of like, you know, a measure of wheat, unless you put it in the ground and put it to use that measure can't come up and produce a harvest that's bigger than what you put in the ground. And so faith is the same way. Faith unexercised is no faith at all. That's good, Joe. Let me ask you again, where exactly was that? What country? 
This was in the Philippines near the city of Davao. Wow, wow, wow. You know, outside of Davao. I'll just give a brief testimony. It remind me when you said, you know, you said, wow, God help my unbelief. This was years ago, uh, three days of huge meetings in Uganda, right in Kampala. It was actually apostolic prophetic. I had the leaders of the nation, you know, the parliament and others. And uh, it wasn't geared for healing. It was geared for a warning to Uganda, Uganda's destiny. And so you had all these dignitaries there, huge platform. The first night, it was three days in a row, first night, the Lord pointed out a lady in the audience to me and said, pray for her. And I argued with God. It was during the worship service. Pray for her. And I argued, pray for her, he said. So I stopped the worship service and I pointed her out. I said, will you come forward? Well, she was a hunchback, a neck brace on. The whole city knew who she was, a disabled person. Now, you you get this, Joe. I mean, everyone, it's a pin drop. And yeah. now I had been fasting 18 days, or I don't think I would have had the faith to even call her forward. I looked behind me with, with the bishops and apostles and the members of parliament, and I said, do you believe God can heal this lady? Nobody said a word. And I looked at, <laughs> nobody said a word. Yeah, not, yeah. not the people that invited me, nobody said a word. Anyway, I looked at the lady, I had to bend down. I said, do you believe God can heal you? And she said, Yes. You know, I leaned over the huge platform so I wouldn't fall off, touched her, and she went over backwards. And all you could hear was crack, 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 crack. She hit the cement because nobody expected a miracle. This was not a miracle service, and nobody expected her to fall. She jumped up threw the neck brace off by running all through the building and screaming. You know, her whole back was straight. This was a born hunchback. A disabled person that everybody knew in the city. And let me tell you, Joe, we had church. It was packed out for three days. Yes, yes, yes. And so, I mean, but it's the same thing. If I hadn't fasted for 18 days, Joe, one, I wouldn't have been sensitive enough for the Lord, I think, to show me her in a crowd. And I wouldn't have had the faith to call her forward. Well, I've had many of these things. And, of course, I take teams with me. And I help them to walk through these faith journeys and to the point that now many of them are just laying hands on the sick. And wow. miracles are happening and their faith level going to a higher dimension. I want to just stop you a moment. I only say that because I know a man, his son's a young man, and he has a glass eye. And uh, I haven't thought about that. I, I just sort of forgot about it for years and years and years and years. But he's a glass eye. It's blind. And so his father's in the studio with me. He, he does our radio and television editing a lot, producing. But I want you to pray. His name is James, James Miller. Pray for him right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we send a healing angel to James Miller. You can touch him, Lord, right where he is. You know his location exactly. And I ask that that angel will go and touch him by the authority of Jesus Christ. We take authority over the spirit of blindness. We break curses, generational curses, word curses. And Father, we thank you right now that you just cause that eyeball to be hooked up and attached to the optic nerves. We call forth the optic nerves to be made whole. We call forth the eye to begin to see light. We rebuke darkness and we speak light to invade the eye. Jesus, you are the light. And we release the healing virtue and the light into this man's eye. And I thank you, God, for a supernatural creative miracle. Whatever is wrong or damaged in that eye, 
let it be healed. And Lord, when he takes that glass eye out, God, Father, when he takes that out, just do the miracle. Put in whatever needs to be put in. Do whatever needs to happen. God, you are a creative God. There is nothing impossible with you. So heal James Miller's eye in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Reverse to God the damage the doctors did on birth, Lord. We yeah. thank you for it in the name of Jesus. You know, Joe, um, his father is here trying to do this program, but he's crying actually right now. He did not expect this today. Neither did I. I did not know you were going to touch on something like this. In fact, yeah. I've known this man since birth, and I just forgot about it because he acts normal, but he is blind. Yeah. And I'm so glad mm-hmm. you brought that testimony. Sometimes we let life go past us, and we don't sure. see the need right in front of us. And so yeah. uh, I'm glad you gave that testimony. The man on Friday He came forward in response to a word of knowledge that someone had a twisted bowel and uh, they were in pain. And a man came up and he said for two weeks he had not been able to go to the restroom and he was in terrible, terrible pain. So I prayed for him and he something started moving as a black man that was there. He said, something is happening to me. It's on our YouTube channel. You can watch it. Okay. Okay. It was just like, you know, something's happening in my stomach, everything. And then all of a sudden, the peace, and he said, the pain is gone. The pain is gone. And I said, well, I believe that whatever that twist was has been removed. The blockage is gone. And he was wearing an eye patch over his left eye. Wow. And he started to walk away. And I said, sir, I said, what about your eye? I see you're wearing an eye patch. And I started to tell the story about the man that didn't have an eyeball. And as I was telling it, he lifted up the eye patch and he said, well, I have an eye. And I said, oh, but it's blind. He said, yeah. He said it is detached. It's not hooked up to any of the nerves. It's not hooked up to anything. And the brain cannot communicate with it. And I said, well, I said, God can hook it up. And so I just laid hands on him. I said, in the name of Jesus, Lord, just hook up all those nerves, hook up everything that is detached and repair." And calls him to begin to see in Jesus' name. He had put the eye patch back down after he showed me he had an eyeball. So I was just praying for him. So he started to walk off. I said, wait a minute, don't walk off. I said, lift your eye patch and check. So he lifts the eye patch and he starts looking around the room. You know, he covers his good eye and he said, uh, hey, I'm seeing light. I can see light. And he pointed to the light over on the side wall. Yes. I'm, I'm seeing light right over there. I said, yeah, there's a light there. I said, you are in process of being healed right now. And so then he turned and looked toward me and he said, I can see your shirt. Wow. Then, he, then a minute he said, I'm starting to see your face. Your face is coming into view. I can see your face. And so then I held up my hand and waved my hand. And he said, I can see your hand waving. It was still a little blurry, but God just began to heal him. And by the end of the service, he was sitting in the back. We had a guest speaker who was speaking, but he was sitting back there looking all around the room. By the end of the service, he was seeing so much better. And just a few days ago, I was at the gas pump pumping gas when out of my periphery came that man. And he came walking up and he said, I just want to hug your neck. Wow. And uh, now he had his eye patch on. I said, but why are you still wearing your eye patch? He said, well, my eye is now very sensitive to the sun. Okay. And he said, so when I'm out in the sun, (laughs) I wear my eye patch. Wow. Wow. And I said, well, I'm going to pray that it won't be so sensitive and everything. But he said, I just wanted to hug you because what happened? He said, it's just changing my life. Now, ladies and 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 gentlemen, a couple days ago. 
Amen. We're out of time, but you've been listening to The Warning Program. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, the president of World Ministries International and Eagles Saving Nations. Go to my website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org, and join Eagles Saving Nations. You've been listening to my special guest, Pastor Joe Kirkwood, all of the tremendous miracles. Again, he's in Amarillo, Texas. That's Amarillo, Texas. If you're in the area, attend the church. Name of the book again, Joe? The name of the book is called Miracles Are Easy by Joe Kirkwood and foreword by Joan Hunter. But just if you go to Amazon, you can just type in Miracles Are Easy and it'll pop it up. May God richly bless you. Again, miracles are easy. My phone number, 360-629-5248, worldministries.org. God bless you. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International, as well as Eagles Saving Nations. I want to welcome all of you that are watching the warning program or listening on shortwave or radio. Welcome. We are in the chapel of World Ministries International here at our headquarters. This is a live audience with children present. Now, this is the third of a general series I'm doing. The first one was on demons. And then I went into a demons are organized. And now today, can Christians have demons or unclean spirits? Now, if you have not watched either one or two, I urge you to go on my website, worldministries.org, please, and watch or listen, because I don't have time to go back into it. We went into the hierarchy of demons, the organization of them. We went into the fall of Satan. Where did demons come from? Right now, we want to talk about can Christians have unclean spirits? Can Christians have demons inside of them? I don't believe you can be possessed like the person that was tied in chains, a lunatic, because you'd have to give up all of the Word of God and everything else to do that. Submit yourself totally to Satan. But I do believe if you can have cancer enter the body, so can a spirit. And I can tell you that in any church I've ever gone into, I've cast demons out of Christians if we got into that type of service, including pastors of worship, maybe the senior pastor, because maybe he himself is teaching the Word of God, but he's filled with doubt, he's filled with worry, he's filled with anxiety. He doesn't know how to rest in God. You are opening yourself up to attack. Or maybe he's in adultery. I've exposed even top leaders of denominations engaging in adultery. One in a country having an affair with two prostitutes. That man had demons in him. I exposed him in front of his executive meeting that I was attending as a guest. And I said, if you don't repent right now, a spirit of suicide is going to grip you. You're going to kill yourself. He screamed demonically. He pulled out three bottles of poison. He said, if you had not come when this meeting was over, I was going to drink the poison and kill myself because I can't stand the torment of the demons anymore. The leader of a denomination. Let's look a little bit at the, the trinity of man. Spirit, soul, and body. Well, we know the spirit, a Greek word, P-N-E-U-M-A. Demons can't enter that. We're supposed to then have a totally regenerated mind as you become a Christian. A mind of the spirit. So the born-again spirit cannot have an evil spirit. Now let's look at the soul or psyche. What is the psyche of man? Choice, subconscious, will, superego, five supernatural senses, center of personality, emotions, heart. Be careful with your emotions. Don't let your emotions run control. You worry unnecessarily. Why are you doing that? You're supposed to cast your cares on Christ. You are opening yourself up to spirits attacking your body. See, I'm using that because a lot of Christians do that and they don't commit adultery, but they're doing this sin. 
I mean, anything is a sin that's not perfect before God, right? And we all are sinners, and we have to daily, maybe, repent of unnecessary worry and other things, right? If you don't, you are fooling yourself. You are either so proud and deceived that you can't see yourself. Everyone gets involved in unnecessary worry. If you take it too far, you might have a demon. Because if he's driving you or driving you to yell and scream and get mad and, and your spouse says, man, this is not you. Body, soma, unregenerated mind, conscious mind, carnal man, ego, mind of flesh, five natural senses. Are you controlled by your senses or are you controlled by faith? My senses says, you know, most Christians are controlled by their senses and that's why they'll never see a miracle. Because a miracle takes faith. In other words, you have to trust what God says even though it looks impossible. Get out and walk on water. Strike the rock. Let water come out. I mean, I've done things that most Christians will never do because it doesn't agree with their five senses. Man, that's not common sense. You're right. That's God's sense. Moses, everything he did was not common sense to Pharaoh. If you are going to run by common sense, you'll never see a miracle because you will never do what God tells you to do. It's no sense. I could get hurt. I could get killed. They'll reject me. They'll yell at me. They'll fire me. Yeah, all of those things could happen. But the body goes to the ground when you die. The soul goes to hell or heaven. Hebrews 9.27. The spirit returns to God. All of us will go to hell or heaven. The bodies will go to the ground. You'll be buried unless you're caught up to meet with the Lord in the air when he returns. And our spirit returns to God. 1 John 5.18. We know absolutely that anyone born of God does not deliberately, knowingly practice committing sin. But the one who was begotten of God carefully watches over and protects him. Christ's divine presence within him preserves him against all evil, and the wicked one does not lay hold, get a grip on him, and touch him. That's 1 John 5.18. It is clear from the scriptures that a born-again Christian cannot be, if we want to say, possessed by demons in his born-again spirit. It can't happen. Demons don't live in the spirit. They live in a body. They want a body, either yours or an animal. Jesus found it easy to cast them in pigs. Why? Pigs were unclean. Pigs, prawns, lobster, shellfish. If you want to study the laws of clean and unclean, even though Jesus said you can eat all things, but yet is it wise? Because they carry the toxins. And you are still subject to disease and death if you eat them, too much of them especially. He did not glorify the pig. I know there's a lady up here that has a sanctuary of pigs. Well, they're not glorified. She's wasting her money, other though I'm sure she gets free money from other people who puts animals above God. I've looked at those big old pigs. Wow, they have a lot of pig on the hoof. Although I try not to eat pig. Don't get me wrong. If I go into somebody's home and they're serving it, I'll pray and eat it. I am not a religious about it. But I never buy it to bring in the home, never. That's the way it is. Because I'm trying to protect my body that is still not glorified. And if I abuse it too much, I will die early. Okay? So take care of your body, it'll take care of you. If you don't take care of your body, how are you going to serve God longer? No, you're not going to serve God longer. You'll be out of the game, either in a wheelchair or in the ground. How are you going to serve your family if you don't take care of your body? If I don't take care of my body long enough, I won't help my young son or any other of my family members or my wife. We got to take care of our bodies if you want to take care of other people and serve God longer. There are three parts to man. Man has a body, soul, and spirit. We've covered it. Man's body is carnal. Flesh, conscious mind, five senses can be demonized. Let me say it again. Man's body, his carnal mind, conscious mind, five natural senses can be demonized. This is the reason Christians can become sick. 
Man can also be oppressed in the lower nature of his soul, subconscious, mind, heart, will, emotions, choice, not the upper nature, regenerated mind of Christ, but the lower nature, unregenerated mind. If it's a little too fast for you, watch this program again, because I covered the Trinity of man. That was in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Matthew 15, 19-20, For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, reasonings, disputings, designs, such as murder, adultery, sexual vice, theft, false witnessing, slander, speech that is bad. These are what makes a man unclean and defile him. Jesus said, out of the heart. Can a Christian commit adultery, sexual vice, theft, false witnessing, slander? Well, if he does, it is coming out of his soul. Certainly your spirit is not committing these acts. It's your soul. However, we would have to question, is he still a Christian according to be like Christ? Especially if you're constantly committing adultery. You've got a wife, you've got a husband, but you're still having an affair, an ongoing affair. You've got to question, is he a Christian any longer? His born-again spirit will not go along with his choices to sin. But the soul is what will go to heaven or hell. If a Christian chooses to sin, he's open to demonic oppression. Are you with me? If you want to choose to sin, that's why, you know, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Kiss and make up. Come on. Sometimes it can be even fun. I don't mind kissing and making up. And every man said? Amen. Every woman said? Amen. Amen. We agree. All right. 2 Corinthians 11.4. Like I said, guys, it's a live audience. For you seen readily to endure it. If a man comes and preaches another Jesus than the one we preach, if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you once received. There are different spirits. There are angels of light. There are fallen angels. There are, in other words, demons. How can a person receive a different spirit after he's received the Holy Spirit? Did the apostle Paul know what he was talking about? Yes, a Christian can receive a different spirit. World Ministries International School of Theology. You can take our course, Deliverance 1 and 2, by Dr. Drew Roos. Go to my website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. Take that course, Deliverance 1 and 2. I'm using the Bible. I'm using his notes. I'm using other notes in teaching this. However, if we are born again, there is something good in us which fights for our welfare. That born-again spirit will have no part of sin. We should not want to deliberately sin. Who are you submitting yourself to? The Holy Spirit or evil spirits? In other words, sin. Say, I know mentally there's God. It doesn't matter what you know. The demons know fear and tremble. Lucifer knew, and they sinned anyway. That's called rebellion, and they were cast out. Mental assent has nothing to do with your salvation. Submission to the Word of God proves you're a child of God. That born-again spirit will have no part of sin. If we listen to it, our actions will be like Christ. To be a Christian is to be like Jesus. I guess the LBGDTEQ uh, has a problem. If a Christian is possessed with Christ, just like him, he could not have a demon. That's because Jesus committed his whole will, mind, and emotions, his whole soul, his whole body, his whole spirit to serving God. No sign of temptation of even sexual because he did not look twice. I have never, never had sex outside my wife. The one with the Lord or my current one. Why? I don't look twice. I have a covenant. I have a relationship. That's it. I'm not silly enough to think I can look twice and three times and not get burned. I don't look twice. I don't dwell on it. As a man thinketh, so is he. It comes first in the thought process and you keep going and now you're in the real process. Come on, men who have committed adultery or women. You should have flee temptation and not look twice. 
The problem is that although many people say they are Christians in their hearts, they nevertheless choose to habitually practice sin. How to recognize demons? In order to recognize demons, we must first realize that the old fable depicting them as having a tail and a pitchfork is not true. You know, on cartoons and everything, oh, here's the demon. Well, the demon might be coming to you through a gorgeous, beautiful woman, only she's filled with unclean spirits. Were this the case, we would look at the rest of our life and never see a demon. Listed below, I'm going to go into statements backed by Scripture to give you a clear definition of a demon. One, demons are liars. They will sometimes tell the truth. However, we must always remember they will twist the truth and tell a lie. John 8.44 You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you must do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. If a person is influenced by spirits, probably they also lie. When people say, I've never committed adultery, if they have committed adultery, that's a liar. An adulterer is a liar. They're going to try to cover and hide their sins. They try to deceive you. Oh, I, I'm not in adultery. I'm not having an affair. Or whatever their bondage is, drugs. They are a liar. Demons are liars. Demons are not spirits of dead people. They are not the offspring of angels and men. When we cast them out, we do not know where they go. They are not in hell. Now, you don't know where they go unless you cast them into an animal. I cast them into pigs a lot, because Jesus did. They go pretty easy. So if you really like eating your pork, hope a demon isn't it. I cast him into pigs. And I cast him into other things. We have examples of my dad cast a demon out of our home in Hawaii. Cast it out. The goat went crazy. He went outside and cast it out of the goat. It became normal again, and we ate the goat. Minus the demon. A goat pranced into my grandfather's church in China. He was a missionary with the Assemblies of God 30 years. Pranced in. And my grandfather looked and told his wife, Letta, what? Because he just pranced in, knelt down on the altar. Goats don't do that. Immediately they recognized this is abnormal. And my grandfather looked at his wife, my grandmother, Letta. Is that goat demon possessed? My grandfather went, cast out the demon, got up, ran back outside. Are we together? I could give you a lot more testimonies, but let me get to the teachings. So demons are not spirits of dead people. Matthew 8, 29. Suddenly they cried out saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, you son of God? Have you come here to torment us before our time? Before our time? They're not yet appointed to the lake of fire. Luke 8, 27 through 31. And when he stepped out of the land, there met him a certain man from the city whom had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in tombs. And he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? You do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For when it had often seized him, it kept him under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by demons into the wilderness. So here's a man seemingly totally possessed. I don't believe this can happen if you are born again unless you totally reject God and just live like the devil and let more and more demons come into you. Because then the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit has left you. Jesus said, what is your name? The demon said, Legion, because many demons had entered him. They begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. In other words, it's not their time yet. The demons will be judged by God, the Bible says. Matthew 8, 29. And suddenly they cried out, What have we to do with you, Jesus, you Son of God? Have you come to torment us before our time? 
Demons have different degrees of wickedness. Matthew 12, 43 through 45. And when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places. Now, I also cast demons into dry places. They hate it. Seeking rest and finds none. A demon does not find rest. He wants a body. He would prefer a person, but he'll go into an animal. If you see an animal that's going crazy, maybe it has a spirit. We've recognized that. My dad recognized that in the past. My grandparents recognized that. They knew how to discern and recognize demons. Then he said, I will return to my house for which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept in, and put in order. That means keep the doors shut if you've ever had demons cast out of you. Do not reopen the doors. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself. And they enter and all dwell there. And the last state of the person is worse than the first. So it shall be with this wicked generation. If I've cast demons out of somebody once or twice and they don't keep the doors shut, I quit. I will not do it again. Unless I'm really certain they're going to keep the doors closed. See, this is real. You cannot continue to go back into whatever sin it is. Unclean spirits vary in power. Mark 9, 29. So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. If I've spent a good two hours trying to cast out demons, maybe I got a few, but I can't get the strong man. I break it off and say, hey, we got to go into prayer and fasting for a day or two or maybe a week. And then we come back and finish the job. There are some so powerful, you're not going to get them the first try around. You might get some of the little guys, you know, maybe some of the privates, but you're not going to get the general. See, this is just reality. I've had to do this more than once. Demons know the names of those who rebuke and exercise them. Think about that. They know who you are if you have any authority at all. Acts 19, 15, and the Spirit answered him, said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? You know, the seven sons of Sceva, they beat them up, ripped them up, tore their clothes, and they went screaming. Sometimes people play around, and sometimes they get a rude awakening. Mark 1, 24, saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. They know who you are. Demons believe and tremble, the Bible says. James 2, 19, you believe there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. See, they did not want Jesus to send them to the abyss before their time. They tremble. If you have anointing, they fear. I told you overseas. EJ, you have been with me overseas. And you've gone into large meetings like Jamaica. Thousands and thousands of people I'm preaching at. And demons are screaming as I'm preaching. Screaming. And they're taking them out and then casting out demons. Demons are fighting the church. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Demons have their own doctrines. 1 Timothy 4.1 Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Some crazy doctrines some religious people come up with. I don't go with all of this nonsense that you get into other psychics and everybody else and fables and even other religious people that we call cults. And I don't go on any of that, knock on wood or anything else. I'm opening myself up to more demonic activity. Demons have their own doctrines. Tree of life, Proverbs 3.18. She is a tree of life to those who hold her. Take and hold her. Do you hold on to the tree of life? And happy are all who retain her. Proverbs 11.30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins a soul is wise. Proverbs 15, 4, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Did you hear it? A wholesome tongue. 
I don't like to be around people that constantly curse, scream and every Man, it troubles my spirit. That doesn't mean I won't be around them. I, I want everyone to be saved. I'm saying I don't like to. Some people are so perverse. If you go and try to help them, they're just... And it hurts your Holy Spirit in you to be in their presence sometimes. It says a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, Proverbs 15, 4, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Revelation 22, 14. Blessed are those who do his commandments, but they have the right to the tree of life. You know, they will have the right to the tree of life, it says. They may have the right and may enter through the gates of the city. Blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life. Why were Adam and Eve cast out of the garden? They cut them off from the tree of life. Each emotion mentioned could be personalities or personality companions. Now let's get into this. Ecclesiastes 12.7 Then the dust will return to the earth as the Spirit will return to God who gave it. Tree of life, good fruit, fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.22 and 23 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Law of what? Sin and death. God's not going to condemn you. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We're always forgiving. We have patience. Long-suffering. We have peace. I used to say, before persecution, and now it's hitting, the only persecution America used to face if you call yourself a Christian is the person you're married to. Because the goat will manifest people's pride until they finally get it eradicated and now you can have the tree of peace. Right? Now we're having real persecution though, so now worse is coming. Religious error, 1 Timothy 4.1. The Spirit expressly says in latter days some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirit and doctrines of demons. Father God, help our people watching and listening today. We need their help, we need their prayers. Go to my website, worldministries.org. Help us to stay on your local TV or radio station. Join us in Eagle Saving Nations. God bless you. Shannon? Dr. Hanson, this was a 10 out of 10 broadcast. Oh boy, did I enjoy the teaching, interview, and the testimony today. Just one comment. You know, you'll hear a lot of people debate, you know, is it demon possession, oppression, demonized? I put all that to the side. I like what you said. Evil spirits can enter into a Christian. They can enter into anybody when we open up that door. That's right. Sin lies at the door. Its desire is to rule over us. The Bible says, give no place to the enemy. So if there was not a place the enemy could occupy inside of us, then we would not have that admonishment. And of course, if we submit to God, resist the devil, the devil's going to flee. But absolutely, evil spirits can enter into anyone. I've only been doing deliverance a short time, maybe 10 years. I have prayed for many people. And I will tell you, about 95% of them were Christians who had demons. Yes. So anybody who says that a Christian can't have a demon tells me they've never done deliverance because real quick, one or two times participating in a deliverance, you're going to find out anybody can get an evil spirit if we open up the door through sin, bitterness, unforgiveness, what have you. Don't repent. An evil spirit can come in. The good news, though, is there's no shame in saying you need help. The only shame is, is not to get free when Jesus Christ called it the children's bread and deliverance is available to anyone through the Lord Jesus Christ. So when you talk about deliverance, man, my ears perk up because I love this subject. You know, Dr. Hansen, I was raised in the church all my life. My earliest recollection in life was two years old, playing in the parsonage of my grandfather Weber's church that he had built in Warner Robins, Georgia back in the 60s. At one time, both my grandfathers were pastoring. In the Church of God, Pentecostal, 
they love Jesus. They preach the gospel. I saw the gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation, but I never heard anything about deliverance ministry. Wow. That was always that was done over in Haiti where the voodoo practitioners were, but not in the church. But brother, years later, I realized the reason I had problems and many others that I grew up in the church had problems was because we needed deliverance. Yes. And at 40 years old, God opened my eyes to the fact that one third of Jesus Christ's ministry was the casting out of demons. That's right. And it's the first sign listed over in Mark 16 among several that will follow those that believe. So I said, God, this is what I've been looking for. This was the missing part of the ministry of Christ that I was not exposed to. I want to learn all I can. And I'm still a student of deliverance. But if there's anything that the church needs to get a hold of at this time, it's the reality that we're at war with the host of hell. They're coming for every believer. They want to drag mankind to hell and literally kill us. And we've got to fight back. And we can do that through binding and loosing, deliverance ministry, spiritual warfare. It was designed to do what nothing else will. Back to you. Well, you're right, Shannon. I've been casting out demons for 38 years, since 1985. In the church in Singapore, when a person got saved, we got roughly 50 people saved a week. Again, powerful church, New Testament church, 5,000 people. You know, you had your senior pastor, 50 full-time pastors, 250 lay pastors, 1,500 leaders, and 300 missionaries. It was a New Testament church. We would get them saved on Sunday. By Saturday, we had people that accepted Christ Sunday coming in for deliverance. We scheduled it before the next Sunday because, you know, that's a multicultural city-state. Hindus, they took their babies to the temple gods as babies, and they were filled with spirits, whether it was the monkey god or whatever god, and we would start casting them out of Christians they would manifest, whether it's a monkey god, these Christians would start prancing around like a monkey. I watched my dad in Hawaii cast out demons. I was five, six, and seven years old. He cast them out of people in the church because there is so much, if we want to say witchcraft, so much worshiping, even the fire god, Pele, the volcano god, other things. This is a common occurrence. Demons are in many, many Christians. Frankly, they're in many, many pastors. If we had the time, I could give you examples of pastors that I've cast demons out of. I do want to make one point. You know, we get back to the first one on miracles. He says, help my unbelief. You know, Pastor Joe Kirkwood. In theory, yes, everyone can lay hands on the sick. Now, our church in Singapore learned that, and it grew. It was a New Testament church. We raised our own missionaries, fully supported, but... Once again, Shannon, we had 80 classes going on on a Sunday every hour, all day. So they were filled with the Word of God. Why do Christians today quit so fast? They're not filled with the Word of God. They don't see a lot of results and they quit. Well, if you're filled with the Word of God, just like call the elders of the church, you can discern if that person needs to repent of sin before you pray. You can also have the faith to overcome your unbelief. So I believe you need to be filled constantly with the Word of God if you're going to be successful praying for people to be healed. Other than that, you get discouraged very quickly. You don't see a lot of results and you quit. This is the point of a New Testament church being fully equipped, fully trained, fully discipled, and they're very effective. So you need to move again with faith. You need to move with discernment. This is a part of training, discipling, equipping. Most churches don't do any of this, and their people don't lay hands on the sick either because they don't see many results. And so instead of laying hands on the sick, they call the doctor. Instead of casting demons out of somebody, maybe they call a psychiatrist and they counsel them for 20 years. Well, you can counsel them for life. 
a demon doesn't take your counseling. You can medicate, but that's not going to stop the work of demons inside. You might allow them not to act crazy because you've allowed the flesh, the soul, be so medicated. Again, you're not curing the person. So sometimes this takes casting out demons, not sending them to a psych ward. Now, sometimes there's a mixed diagnosis where there's mental and spiritual. And a wise man of God, fully equipped and trained, can discern the difference and deal with both. Cast out the demons, pray for a healing in the mind. Transform in the mind with the word of God. So these things are so very important. Shannon? Brother, 100% truth tonight. I so enjoy tonight's broadcast and every week with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Folks, you've got to get the other teachings available on this subject. Brother Hansen, where can they go to follow the other programs you've been doing? Worldministries.org. Worldministries.org. That's the simplest. That's my website. It can tell you all the radio, television channels, social media channels we're on. But we also put it on our website. On the top of the front page, it says TV, radio. Click that and it goes to the page where you can find all of our channels, everything we're on. Maybe you can watch or listen in your area. But if we're not in your area, you can watch or listen right on my website daily, Monday through Sunday. We started off with demons a few weeks ago, then demons are organized. Can Christians have demons? Now, tomorrow I'm speaking on the etiology of demons and people, and then the second message is mediums, charms, fortune-telling, etc. Then I'm going to get into the following week into movies that Christians naively are watching. Maybe their pastor is ignorantly promoting. This is so bad, so serious today because people are coming under demonic influence even by what they watch and listen to. And the pastor doesn't have a clue. He's not actually qualified to be behind the pulpit, I don't believe. If you can't cast out demons, what are you doing preaching? The Bible says very clearly these signs will follow. Now, if you're not following Jesus' commandments, if you did not tarry for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you're not engaged in studying to make yourself approved unto God, like I said, I believe in constant study. I have three doctorates, ministry, theology, and divinity. I could have three more if I turned in the paperwork. I am constantly, constantly studying, putting in the word of God, filled with faith. People say, hey, I want your faith. I want your anointing. I want your authority. Are you willing to do what I do? Can you even get out of bed? Are you willing to do what I do? Well, you're not going to have that authority if you're not. There is a price to pay. Shannon, most Christians don't pay the price. So I'm just talking about if you want to move in apostolic authority, I believe every Christian can cast out demons, but I also believe you need to be equipped and trained and filled with the Word of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, constantly inhaling the Word of God if you're going to do it. It's no joke. I've cast out demons just a few days ago out of somebody. Very serious demons. Eyes manifesting, glass going over the eye. Like if you watch a fish in a fish market, if it's a one day old, it's glazed over. You know what to look for when you're casting demons out of person when they're manifesting. So here's the glazed over eyes, the arms being rigid. How many people have experienced that? How many people have a clue or they're not even looking for it because they don't even know what to look for? So these are things that you have to be trained in. And is your pastor equipped to train you? Frankly, Shannon, if not, I would leave the church. We're in trouble today in America because most pastors are not equipped to teach, to lead, they're not equipped again to cast out demons. They don't have enough faith to pray for miracles. In fact, they don't even pray at all. Not for miracles. Maybe they only pray over their meal. You say you're being sarcastic? Just a little bit, not much. I've been ordained since 1985. I know exactly what pastors do. 
The most they study their Bible is for preparing for their Sunday or Saturday message. I'm not fooled what pastors do. That's the problem we're in America today. Worldministries.org, worldministries.org is my website. You can not only watch my television, listen to the radio programs, you can sign up for our pastoral articles. They go out twice a month. You can give. We need your support if we're going to continue to sound the alarm around the world. I just came back from Israel. I was in the parliament, the Knesset. We need support to do all of these things, to expound on radio and television, to get on national television. This takes money. Are you willing to be in the battle? You say, what's wrong with America? Oh, we're complaining, complaining, but we never help support true ministries. We're losing America. If we don't give now, when are you going to give? Your money's going to be worthless pretty soon. Also, the mark of the beast is coming. You're not going to be able to get access to your money if you don't take their mark, if you don't get vaccinated. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, now's the time if you want to stop this insanity and the toppling of the republic, because the Bible says some nations will resist this new world order. They'll be a sheep nation, not a goat. If you're concerned, help us. Go on my website and give. Different methods on the website to give. Telephone 360-629-5248. Operators are there. They'll pick up the phone. They'll be glad to take your gift. We take all credit cards. They'll be glad to take your prayer request. We have two different intercessory teams, one for Soldiers of the Cross, trying to get 2,000 intercessors in every nation to try to help us as we try to win that nation for Jesus, hold meetings in their stadium, confront their political leaders, mobilize the church. Also, gate breakers. They'll pray over your need or your family's need. A team of intercessors. Again, 360-629-5248. Or just send me a check on the envelope. You can address it to World Ministries International, PO Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. Again, World Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. That's P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. On the check, just put WMI, WMI. If you're joining Eagle Saving Nations, worldministries.org, join so we can get into the stadiums, so we can have Pentecost come down upon 60, 80, 100,000 people in these stadiums moving them forward with power and authority to usher in another great awakening. On the bottom of that check, just put on the top WMI on the bottom ESN, Eagle Saving Nations. God richly bless you. Shannon. Dr. Hanson, one more question. Are you also on Roku? Yes. Okay, folks, if you have a Roku player, get on there and search on World Ministries International. You can find their channel and you can also watch it right on your big screen TV. And catch many of these episodes. So I want to remind people of that. I would not be here tonight if it were not for Dr. Jonathan Hansen and World Ministries International. Bringing me back to the Lord. Prior to that, I was living in a lukewarm state. But hearing you preach the gospel, brother, got me fired up to the Holy Spirit messages. And then I said, Lord, I want to go all in. I still feel that way today, 20 years later. I would not be here today if it had not been for World Ministries International. And it's the one ministry that I continue consistently to listen to and follow because they have been consistent. And brother, you're doing as great a work now as you ever have, and the best is yet to come. I'm excited when I have an opportunity to hear the messages each week you're bringing. So folks, you can make a difference. It's not too late. Be a partner with World Ministries International. We love you, my friend. We'll see you next time. Well, thank you so much, Shannon, and we love you, and we pray for you each and every week here at World Ministries International. 
Thank you, my friend. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye.